Hello, hello, and welcome back to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today on the show, we've got an in-depth discussion of the latest film from writer-director Todd Field. It's Tar. My guest today is Saxon Whitehead of the movie blog Dr. Popcorn. The film stars Kate Blanchett, Noemi Merlant, and Nina Haas, and it's being widely praised as one of the best films of the year. Do Saxon and I agree? Stick around to find out. Before we get into the show, don't forget Arthouse Garage has a Patreon. Sign up today for extended episodes, bonus episodes, video episodes, and ad-free episodes. All that, plus a discount on merch in the Arthouse Garage shop. Go to patreon.com arthousegarage today, or find a link in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Welcome to Arthouse Garage. Todd Field is the director of such films as In the Bedroom and Little Children, and his latest film, Tar, is also his first in 16 years. The film stars Kate Blanchett in a powerhouse performance as the title character, Lydia Tar. Lydia is a composer, an EGOT winner, and is highly respected in her field. Then things get complicated. And that's all I'll say for now. The film is a complex look at power dynamics and fame in the modern world, and as mentioned, Kate Blanchett's performance is magnificent. In this discussion, we keep it spoiler-free for the first 15 minutes or so, then we do give a spoiler warning before we get into the major plot points and the film's ending. My guest today is Saxon Whitehead. Saxon is a film critic and runs the movie blog Dr. Popcorn. Follow him on socials and at his website, drpopcorn.net. I'll link to all that in the show notes. I had a great time talking with Saxon about this film, and I hope you enjoy our discussion just as much as I did. Here is my conversation with Saxon Whitehead about the film Tar. If you're here, then you already know who she is. Lydia Tar is many things. As a conductor, Tar began her career with the Cleveland Orchestra, Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, until she had last arrived here at our own New York Philharmonic. In 2013, Berlin elected Tar as its principal conductor, and she's remained there ever since. Lydia Tarr has also written music for the stage and screen. She is one of only 15 EGOTs, meaning those who have won all four major entertainment awards. Thank you for joining us, Maestro. Thank you. How's the writing going? Not so well. I keep hearing something. Schopenhauer measured a man's intelligence against his sensitivity to noise. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed by emotion? Yes. Yes, it does happen. I'm worried. 
Welcome to the podcast. For the first time, Saxon Whitehead, how are you today? Hey, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, I almost said welcome back just now, but I, I have <laughs> wanted to get you on the podcast for a long time and it's finally happening. So happy to have you. Um, so you're another film critic here in Arkansas, like myself, uh, and you run drpopcorn.net. Um, tell us about your website. What? Uh, when did you start writing about movies and, um, and what made you make the the leap to to start doing it right yeah um so i mean i've loved movies my entire life um ever since i was a kid you know it was just something i always loved and as i grew older i started getting more interested in criticism and all that kind of was unsure about you know taking the leap but um i actually started writing like tiny little like you know maybe like paragraph Hmm. reviews on like letterboxd um was kind of my Little, little little taste that I needed to kind of yeah. like really get into it and kind of get more into long form stuff. And so I decided to kind of make that leap and to start my own um, blog, Dr. Popcorn. And I started that in October of 2021. So nice. I've really only been doing the, the bigger reviews for about a little over a year now, but very nice. Yeah. Well, your website looks great. And I've, I've uh, read a few of your reviews and I really like the way you talk about movies. So I'm excited to continue on. And I, I feel like as I was looking through, like, I don't know, I've, there's other Arkansas film friends that like, I'll look through and like, oh yeah, I definitely disagreed about this, this and this with them, which is fine. Like that's part of it. And I love that, you know, dialogue, but I just feel like we aligned about a lot of movies. It's like, oh yeah, he seemed to like this one too. So anyway, okay, I looked at your top 10 recently and we have like four or five things in common on there. So that's pretty well, cool. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about Tar. Uh, it's funny because I went to see this at the Riverdale and just so happened you were there at the same showing yeah. as me. Um, and I, so I was going to ask you, did you, have you watched it a second time since then? And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I actually just watched it um, again, like earlier this week. Nice, um, cool. Just because I kind of want to be kind of fresh on the brain and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I did as well. I watched it, uh, showed it to my wife and a friend, and just like you guys, it was one of the best movies I've seen all year. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good to to kind of touch up on some of the details because it is a movie. We'll talk about it in a minute, but it's a movie that I think re- rewards that close attention and a second viewing very much so, but, um, well, I think the first question I want to ask you is just about Kate Blanchett, because I mean that, that I really knew very little when I first went into this, I knew that her performance was supposed to be amazing. And, uh, so I just want to see, did, did her performance live up to the hype for you? Um, I think it definitely did. I mean, I love Kate Blanchett. I mean, I think she is, you know, one of our finest living actresses. Um, and so this performance to me, it just felt like she is just so fully connected with this character mm-hmm. and just really gets all of like the time, like these tiny details about her. And so she just feels so fully formed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, authentic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, the performance is just absolutely incredible. Um, and it's much different than what I was expecting. I don't really know if I knew what I was expecting, really. Yeah. I kind of went in mostly blind um, to the movie, but um, 
I mean, she is just absolutely incredible in this film. Yeah, completely agree. And it was interesting. So like that being like one of the few things I knew about the movie, I was really keyed into that. And I think maybe the first like, it took me maybe 10 or 15 minutes to kind of get in to the groove of what she was doing with the performance and for the first like there's the first scene is there's a big like interview with like the new yorker i think on yeah. this stage um and during that scene i felt like she was i like i almost was like disappointed for just a minute and i'll tell you why i was that was undone eventually but um i just felt like she was calculated in a way that like like I felt like I could see her acting, you know what I mean? Yeah. But th- as the movie played on, I realized, oh, that's Lydia Tarr acting. That's not Kate Blanchett. As we learn more about her character and that she does put on a front in a way um, that 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 all clicked and made sense. Like that scene in the classroom scene, I was just like, what is going on here? Because she seems a little bit too like carefully crafted for this to be natural seeming. But then I was like, oh, okay, that I think that's what's happening, which adds even another layer and makes it that much more impressive uh, on Caitlin Jett's part. So yeah, big, right. big fan of her performance in this. It's like, so in my film critics group, we voted and this was my my actress performance of the year. Um, yeah, I think she's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of building off that, I mean, I'm sure we'll get more into this later. I don't really want to give away too much right now. Yeah, we will but, get into spoilers. We'll give a spoiler warning later down the road, but yeah, continue on. Right, but but what I will say right now is, you know, I was, I feel like I probably got on board with the performance maybe a bit earlier than you did, mm-hmm. but it is like as the movie goes on and you see kind of all these layers to what she's doing and all these kind of, you know, kind of the things that she is putting on, I guess, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. airs it really contributes to what oh, to what I feel like Todd Field was going with overall mm-hmm. in this film yeah. um, in such a huge way and just dealing with, you know, fame and dealing with image and mm-hmm. all that. But that's all I'll say for right now. Yes, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. give too much away because I feel like <laughs> yeah. if I keep going, it's going to go full yeah. spoiler. <laughs> Yeah. So a brief note on that is like you and I talked about, we both went in knowing very little. And I think that was a really good thing for, cause there was, I mean, there's some big, some big central stuff in this that I didn't know that was very surprised by. So we are going to keep that, uh, you know, in case you haven't seen it. Um, but I think there are a lot of people just talking openly about those things. Cause it is so central that it's like, is this a spoiler or not, but we're going to play it safe and say that is a spoiler. Um, kind of some of the big central plot points. Um, yeah, there's a lot we can talk about without that though, but we will get into it later. But yeah, so I mean, just I wanted to mention one other thing about her performance. Like, I think the moment there's a few moments that I was just like, just took my breath away a little bit of, of how she's acting. I mean, some when she's like, when she's really into her uh, conducting and she's like, there's like the shot of her like making this like, oh, like yeah. muscly, like Greek God statue pose almost while she's conducting. So that's just really fun to watch. There's a few moments too, when she's feeling attraction um, that like, there's a, there's a one scene in particular where there's like someone on the other side of a screen and we can't see them, but we know what she's feeling. And like, it's just in her body language and like, she's breathing very slowly. And it's like, you just know like exactly what she's feeling towards that person. Uh, It was just so, so well acted. So I love those moments. Um, So I skimmed through your review. I didn't read it in detail. I just, because I wanted to not know everything you think about this movie yet, Um, but you used the word rewarding. I noticed, and I agree with that. I wanted to see what about this film did you find rewarding? I mean, I am always very impressed whenever 
you come across a film that is essentially about one person mm-hmm. and that we're able to get kind of their perspective and their worldview all throughout the film. And this is that this definitely fits that category. Mm-hmm. And so we see kind of these, this is kind of, how do I word this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we see, you know, we are firmly in uh, Lydia Tarr's head, I feel like throughout mm-hmm. the movie, but as viewers, we are picking up on much different things than what we are seeing. Mm-hmm. We are seeing, yes. you know, like we see how she sees herself. We see how she sees the world, but there's kind of that other layer of what we are seeing through her and what mm-hmm. we are getting through the story. And again, it's kind of hard to really dig into this without getting the spoilers. Yeah. But to me, this movie paints such a wonderful portrait of one a very complicated person and two very relevant themes to mm-hmm. things that are going on in our culture um yeah. you know a lot of it deals with fame and a lot of it deals with you know kind of power dynamic uh, sorry power dynamics rather yeah. mm-hmm. um and you know kind of how those two kind of intersect and all I would also argue that this film better than most um, captures the present day much better. Mm-hmm. That, that was a word salad right there. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what I'm trying to say is that I feel like this film captures kind of this current place and time mm-hmm. so well. And I think that that is, you know, kudos to Todd Field for really yeah kind of getting all of that in there without it coming across as, you know, pandering or coming mm-hmm. across as like, you know, jokey or anything like that. It's very direct. It's very straightforward and, um, you know, very detailed as well. So, yeah. and I definitely think that, you know, like you were saying earlier, this is a movie that does reward um, also on rewatch whenever I was watching it again, um, you know, I was picking up on even smaller details mm-hmm. Um, and little things I'm like okay that's a really nice touch I see why mm-hmm. this is there and you know I, I kind of touched on this in my um, review as well that so much of the movie there's all these little scenes all these little details throughout and to some they may seem very small and, or very inconsequential but in the grand scheme of things once we get to like that final like mm-hmm. chunk of the movie it all just comes together so perfectly yeah, and I think that is what really blew me away about this movie. I completely agree. And yeah, I love what you're saying there at the beginning of what you're saying about, you know, the way Lydia Tarsi's herself and then what we know as like an observer. I didn't think of it exactly in those terms, but I wanted to get at something like that when we get into spoilers, uh, really about the ending. Um, but yeah, I think that's really, really well put. And I also, yeah, I agree. Just all the little details. I think so I, I, when I talked about this briefly in my top 10 show, I used the word satisfying. So that's similar to rewarding maybe. And I think what was so satisfying about it is like you're saying, all those little details, there's so many things that, uh, it, it's very like minimally plotted. I feel like it's like a masterclass and like, it's never going to have an exposition dump. It's just going to reveal like we have, if you pay close attention, you're going to know what you need to know, uh, but it's never going to just lay it out in dialogue. Like it's all, and that's, that's such a, feet of direction and performance because some of it is like the way their face looked in that moment you understand a plot point you know right. um and some of it and we can talk about spoilers 
there's a couple moments where you don't understand it till later. And then in hindsight, you're like, oh, that's what was going on. And that experience is so, so wonderful too. Uh, I mean, but little things like at one point, a character um, is no longer welcome in their home. Again, we're not spoiling maybe the details of that, but you don't see a big fight scene or any anything like that. You just see this character walking up some stairs with luggage. And because of the context, you know exactly what's happened. And like somehow that's more impactful than seeing a big dramatic fight scene, you know? And it, it really underplays the drama a lot in that way. And I think uh, another example of that is there's a deposition scene as well that um, I knew that was coming. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a big juicy scene. But no, it's like five seconds. Like you barely get anything, but it, you get just enough to understand what the character went through in that moment. Um, and it really gets to what you're saying too about like different perspectives of people and like what people think of themselves and what we're seeing sort of the objective camera sees. Uh, but yes, love all of that. Um, and I'm trying to think if I have anything else that's not spoilery <laughs> to say about the movie. Right. We might have to just get into spoilers. Uh, I can say also just that I think all the performances are really good. Uh, Noemi Morlant plays her um, like assistant and she's so fantastic. Uh, who I only, I really only know her from um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire a few years ago. And she's fantastic in that. She's also, in a, I did see her in another film called Paris 13th District was last year. That's, it was pretty good. She's great in it. Um, anyway, she's, she's really good and uh, fantastic in this. Um, yeah. Do you have any other non-spoiler thoughts? ran out of uh, non-spoiler stuff quick <laughs> i mean not necessarily i mean just to kind of you know echo what you're saying about the performances um yeah knowing i hope i'm saying your name right Noemi merlant i think that's right um, yeah, i'm not sure okay yeah um i think she's incredible i was personally really um you know just impressed with nina haas's performance mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as um lydia's wife and I have a lot more to say about her and spoilers okay. um, because like most of her best stuff is more when we get into that kind of the more of the spoiler territory, yeah. but like some of the looks that she gives in this movie, I was just like, Oh, like, mm -hmm. really? Yeah. Know, yeah. Her facial really, expressions really are struck. so good. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. Completely agree. Uh, I guess let's, let's get into spoilers and, and we can just say whatever we want. So if you've not <laughs> seen tar, listen no further we are going to talk about uh all the details and the ending and everything so tune out now go see tar i think you can rent it on vod now and uh then come back and listen um yeah so i guess just to talk about what what the big thing that i'm avoiding saying is i did not know that lydia tar was the abuser in the film i knew so i knew going in like this is a me too story in some way um but i i assume i mean she's a it's Kate Blanchett. She's a woman. I was like, Oh, someone's going to abuse her. Um, and so I was like dreading that happening for the first little bit. And then we gradually realize, Oh, she's the one abusing her power. And, uh, which was just such a reversal that it like blew my mind in the movie theater. Um, so that was, that was just amazing. And like, I think the, the classroom lecture scene also sort of keys us in on that just a little bit because we see this, um, she has this, kind of fight with a student and um and, and it kind of becomes a bully a little bit uh in that in that scene and it's just like a little hint that i guess we gradually realize that she's not um the heroic person that we maybe think she is at first 
but also just an aside, I read about that scene a couple of, I read just a couple of um, like Todd Field interviews and he talked about that scene in particular as like he wanted her to kind of confront someone who would be a lot like her younger self. I thought that was really interesting. It's like, this is a person who's yeah. like trying to throw out the cannon, which she would have done in her younger days. And, and yeah, the, the, the clash that they have anyway, but um, yeah. So what other things do you love about this film that are spoilery? Well, I mean, just for starters, I mean, that whole Juilliard scene to mm. me is just absolutely incredible. Not only do I think that that is one, the first point where we kind of start to see the cracks in the facade mm-hmm. of, um, of Lydia Tarr, but also I think it kind of gets to one of the core things that the movie kind of touches on, which is, you know, at least in terms of the dialogue, which is, you know, separating art from the artist. Mm-hmm. It's like so much of the movie, like, I mean, we start out with, you know, that New Yorker interview where mm-hmm. we're hearing about all these accomplishments, all these amazing things that she's accomplished over her career. Um, and then I feel like that Juilliard scene is, you know, we kind of start to see the mask slipping a little bit. We kind of see, mm-hmm. okay, maybe she's not that great. And then, you know, just to skip ahead a little bit, um, you know, over the course of the rest of the movie, we see everything else just fall down completely until we yeah. are seeing her for who she truly is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just incredible. But um, to circle back real quick, and I'll, I'll touch more on that later. Yeah. But to go back to the Juilliard scene real quick, not only do I think it's impressive in terms of you know, how the dialogue reveals all this, how Kate Blanchett and um, um, I, I cannot remember the actor who she's talking to for most of the scene. Uh, uh, it's Max is his character name, right? I mean, I can pull yeah, up Max. real quick as his yeah. um he is played by uh Zethvin D Smithkneist if I think I'm saying that correctly but yeah that's Max the yeah. the student there yeah I mean I think they both do a fantastic job and that's kind of what we're getting from these two characters and kind of how it kind of gets into more of the, these ideas that Todd Field kind of unspools up the rest of me but the thing that really took my breath away in the theater is how the camera is using because i mean i i didn't what i love about this scene is that it is pretty much in one take Mm -hmm. all done in one take and it does the thing that i love um big one big oneers like this to do which is it starts out and you don't really realize that this is all one take you think wait a minute we haven't cut in a while yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's so fascinating and so much of this whole scene we are focused on Kate Blanchett. We are focused on Lydia Tarr. And the way that the camera moves and it kind of, you know, shifts so we see some of the other students. We see um, Max, he's bouncing his leg. We kind of mm-hmm. see, you know, have a little bit of that performance. Uh, one of the things that really um, stunned me is she goes over to the piano at one point. It's kind of on this you know, stage. There's a big orchestra there. She goes over to the piano and she says, come. And then the camera kind of starts to zoom in on her mm-hmm. as um, uh, Max walks up to go sit with the piano. I just think that the camera work in this movie, I think, is a bit, you know, under, I don't hear enough people talking about it, I feel yeah. like. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of, you know, slightly undervalued. I think it's really good stuff. But yeah, that's not super, not super showy, maybe, but it's like yeah. just so well done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah the whole that, scene. that scene is amazing and yeah that's one on the rewatch that I, I keyed into that more i was like oh this is this really is one shot because i thought in the theater i was like i think this is mostly one one take but yeah so so well done um another thing i wanted to mention is just like i put down in my notes like the intrigue like it's almost like a political intrigue a little bit with yep. basically how she's when when she's pulling a lot of strings bending the rules for olga who's played by uh sophie cower who is the woman she's so attracted to the young woman and at this point we know that there's a pattern of this kind of behavior from her um but the just the, like there's the one scene in particular where um she is kind of bending the rules and it's like oh well since you the, the person who would normally do this solo is not going to do it and like just like really manipulative to everyone involved and i think you're going to talk about Nina haas maybe and this is one of the scenes where her it's all in her eyes like she mm -hmm. i think i see what you're doing maybe um and then i mean she's just so manipulative there and and then the way she chooses that piece that she knows olga already knows really well um and just like all that is so like minimally plotted and so like all the just like so juicy i don't know <laughs> i just love how that all plays out you can just see like just how manipulative she is through all of that and um yeah i was gonna say something else about just that sort of manipulation because that's i think it continues on in, in other scenes too but yeah i love uh, and on rewatch that was some of the most um just exciting filmmaking for me yeah yeah no, that whole scene where she's kind of going through and trying to figure out who's going to be doing the um, mm -hmm. solo, that is uh, one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because of those, you know, cuts to Nina Haas. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, you know, like, we kind of see, like, we get everything we know just from, like, these tiny moments with her mm -hmm. um, about, like, what she's thinking in that moment, about, like, okay, you know, is, is she doing what I think she's doing? Oh, she's definitely doing what I think she's doing, mm -hmm. you know? And I think whenever I watched it the first time, that kind of clued me into it. Oh man, she is more aware of what's going on than what we think. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a huge moment for her character um, yeah. in the movie. And when we get another little moment like that later on where the orchestra is all together and we kind of see these kind of moments where she's, you know, we get more of those looks and i just think that yeah yeah you know, again like like what you've been saying you know the, the minimal minimal plotting you know just kind of mm -hmm. all those little details just really yeah out. it doesn't spell it out for us it just gives us the breadcrumbs and like that is such a satisfying thing and i think too about like this the pattern of behavior it's hinted that their relationship started in a, a bit of a scandalous way too which yeah. is interesting and then so like yeah, it's just been a continuous thing. Uh, and also, and this was something I wasn't clear about, but I thought I might ask you, like, Noemi Roland's character, they seem to have some sort of a secret relationship too, right? Like, so like, yeah. there's really just a, and, and of course, the person who who dies by suicide, they they get in the news, which it almost, and that's the other thing too, as, as I was rewatching, I was like, it never says that either. Like you just, they react to something on the phone and you just piece together and it's all in their performances. And that's just so, so well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's just so uh, talking about the things that like we don't understand until we see it in hindsight. Um, there's a, a couple of things I want to mention. One is like one of the first things we see is something on a phone screen, and we don't really understand. It's like mm -hmm. it's the phone looking at Lady Guitar, and shot. yeah, and then that returns a couple times, and then we eventually realize that's Olga, and 
and and saying very negative things about Lydia Tar. So at this point, we know that Olga is, and that's that's what's interesting too. Is it's like she just kind of playing the part to get ahead in her career. It seems like it's it's kind of my impression. Uh, but like she does not think highly of of Lydia, um, which is we don't understand that until we realize oh that's her phone and like that's so like that's a really nice touch. Um, and like when we first see that at the beginning, we have no idea what we're looking at, but it just pieces all together. But then the other one that really blew my my mind was when so there's there's a lot about um I can't remember the position, but she's firing a guy who's been there for a long time. And Noemi Merlant's character wants the job. And um the scene in which she basically tells her, This was a hard decision, but it's not gonna be you. We just get this reaction shot from her. And and, and she makes kind of a weird expression. And I was like, what is happening? And it's not until a few scenes later we realize in that moment she decided I'm gonna I'm gonna throw her under the bus and give this evidence to the lawyers and all of that. Like that right. was the moment that she could. And actually, I think that's the last moment we see her in the film at all. Like we yeah. never see her again. We just see the effects of what she's done. Um, but yeah, like just the decision to do that by the director and the writer Todd Field and just the performance of Noemi in that moment is so incredible. That was one that, like on the fly in, in, in the theater. I was like, Oh my gosh, I see. I understand again what was happening. So anyway, really big fan of that, that moment as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, going back a little bit to um, Olga, um, kind of something that just uh, kind of, you know, fully clicked with me um, just now. I feel like with that character, we kind of see a similar thing to what we see with Tar in the terms of, you know, what we are seeing mm-hmm. with this character, how like, you know, as the movie goes on, we really see who Lydia Tar is. We see what her intentions really are. We see, you know, what she has done. I feel like with Olga, you know, when we see her, she's just this kind of, you know, very, you know, determined, seems to be very, you know, like eager to kind of you know, mm-hmm. play cello in the orchestra and all this. Whenever she starts to kind of, you know, spend more time with Lydia, we see that she's very, you know, nicer. Like there's this one scene where um, like Lydia is driving her back to her apartment and she's all mm-hmm. cheerful and like gives her like a little kiss on the hand and all this stuff and it's all like bubbly and stuff. But then we see a little bit later where she is with Lydia in New York again and she's, you know, doing what you were saying, just kind of, you know, saying all these horrible things about her and just kind mm-hmm. of very like, okay, I've gotten what I need from you. I'm done. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And so it kind of parallels a little bit of this pattern of behavior. Yeah, yeah Lydia, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. But just kind of, you know, obviously much different circumstances, yeah. um, but still kind of touching on the, this whole thing of power and um, yeah. what you need in order to get to where you want to be. Yeah, it's like she exploits Lydia Tarr's sex drive essentially to, yeah, to get ahead. Much. Yeah, which is yeah. so interesting. Yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't think about it, but it really is a parallel. That's great. Yeah, yeah uh, that whole New York sequence is so interesting too. That's where the deposition happens and everything. Um, there's a couple of moments that it was just like, just to praise the direction again and, and really the editing. There's a couple of moments that's kind of in the end. We'll talk about the ending thematically, but just a couple little moments in it is... Um, she it's just there's a few moments that are really funny in this and one is when she's gone she's gone to thailand and she's meeting them for the first time like the people that are hiring her for this job that we don't understand until the final shot what it is um but they give her this like a bouquet and like they're sitting in this office and it's 
the camera just pauses and we get this very awkward pause between them that mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't gotten anything quite like that in the movie to that point, but it just was so awkward. It made me laugh so hard. I just love that touch. But then another is when she's, uh, she's on, she's like riding on a, like a taxi, like a tuk-tuk kind of thing. Um, and across the seat is a little girl and there's nothing showy about it. There's no, like, she doesn't say anything. It's just in the way she looks at this child that we know she's thinking about her child. And like, that is so heartbreaking too. Um, but anyway, yeah, just, just a couple of little like directorial editing moments that I thought were really good, uh, towards the end there. But, um, yeah, anything else? Let's see. Before we talk about the ending, I think I have like one more thing, but do you have anything else before we talk about the end? Um, I mean, I kind of just wanted to, I mean, I feel like it's kind of just, you know, continuing what we've been saying this whole time about mm-hmm. some of the directorial choices. I think what I appreciate about this movie, and I think we've already touched on this a little bit, is how I feel like in the hands of a different filmmaker, this movie would have probably really taken the chance like taking the time and the opportunity to, you know, hold nothing back to really, Mm -hmm. you know, show, you know, how awful this person is, how, you know, these horrible things that they're doing really kind of lay things on thick. And I think part of why this movie had such an impact on me is because that like, we don't see all this stuff. We don't see, Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily see Lydia doing anything just outright horrible like we don't see right. her like kicking a puppy or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah you know the closest like, we probably get is when she it, it talks to that child at school about not bullying her daughter that, like that, that's, that's like the, the moment yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go ahead sorry that and of course you know um i mean we're in spoiler thoughts where yeah. she you know one of the scenes that really shocked me whenever i saw it the first time where she um you know has had her fall from grace you know mm-hmm. she's you know been taken off the you know, composing Mahler Smith like she's the one to. And um, she ends up going and tackles Mark yeah. Strong mm-hmm. in the middle of yeah. the concert. Um, yeah. Like, we see, like, little things like that, but we don't see her, like, just being just, like, mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. Like, but we yeah. still get everything we need to know mm-hmm. about her and about the situation. Just, in those, again, those little, little details. Um, and I just think that that's just brilliant. Yeah, I think that it allows the film to not feel too heavy-handed as a result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. really, um, really impressed me. Yeah, I completely agree. Like we we get like those flashes of like the emails and stuff. Like we never see her doing the abuse that we like know she's guilty of. Um, but we don't know at first she's guilty of. But like eventually, at a certain point, we get it. And I think that's what's crazy about the. Um, the moment where she kind of threatens that child is like at that point we're like is she really that bad and then we see her do that and like just the timing of that is like okay yeah she's yeah. she's pretty bad and then um the, the yeah just what you're talking about when she tackles mark strong that is like the most dramatic moment and i think it is like in an otherwise very restrained film that moment has such more impact because it is like the only moment that's that like wild and uh right. yeah like i think if it had been just a big bombastic movie the whole time, that wouldn't have nearly the impact that it does. But like, because it's such a quiet reserve movie and then that happens, like you really don't see it coming. Um, right. Yeah. And, and also just kind of adding on to that, um, you know, and this is a, this is a long movie. I mean, this is a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And 
the other thing I really like about it is how we spend most of this movie just finding out all these little things and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, putting together all these pieces. All of the real, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, drama with, you know, the actual situation with the abuse and with, you know, all these, you know, allegations coming to light, that mm-hmm. really doesn't happen until like the last 30 to 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a good chunk of time where we're really getting to know uh, Lydia and we're getting to know some of these other characters and all these other details. And so, again, like, I think that's just really smart directing and, you know, writing to just really, you know, spend the time to build things up and then let it all just kind of, you know, come down and let yeah. everything just really, you know, come together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. And so let's talk about the ending in just a second. Um, one other thing I want to mention before that is that there's these kind of like, for lack of a better term, like ghostly moments um, in the movie that, and actually I didn't realize this until the second watch, but there's a moment like when her, first of all, there's like, there's the ciphers like the, on her journal, like we don't really understand what that is, but I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of the the woman, the victim who is like in the news. Uh, What is it? Krista. Yes. Krista Taylor. I think that's right. She has red hair. Yeah. That that, that is the main thing I (laughs) think. She has red hair. Like there's actually, there's a a newspaper clipping where it always sees the red hair and like, we don't even see her face. Um, But then there's like a little dream or nightmare she's having where we see a a woman's figure with red hair and it's, it's like slightly erotic. Like she was very attracted to this person and you're like, okay, this is the person that's, that's now died. Um, And that, you know, she tanked her career and all of that. Um, But there's a scene where their child it, like screams out in the middle of the night, Lydia, and she rushes out of bed. And I didn't notice it the first time, but when she rushes out of bed, I was like, is there a person in their room? And for a second, I thought, um, because one question I had was like, how did her music disappear? Like sure, her, her notebook or whatever is missing at one point. And I wasn't clear exactly how that happened. I assumed Noemi Merlant's character took it at some point off screen. And that probably is what happened. But for a moment, I was like, is that her in the bedroom right there? What's going on? Um, so then actually I just looked it up in the script. Like you can find the script online and it is in fact, Krista's ghost. It's supposed to just be there. And it's like just a flash. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, go back and watch that scene. Um, but yeah, there's just like a, a a figure sitting in the chair in their room, I think, in their bedroom, which is so haunting. Uh, but like, incredible. So, so there's that like really overt one that again I didn't even notice the first time. Yeah, um, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> but then there's also just like those those feelings when she's in her room at night, and then when she's uh in the park and she hears a screaming. Uh, it's it's also talking, she's kind of haunted by noises, and it's, and I think it's partly like she is. First, I mean, she's obviously very musical person and so like noise is important to her and sound but like as she is trying to keep it together i think and she knows she's guilty i guess and like and i think she's she's very kind of like narcissistic where she as you're talking about like the way she sees herself versus what we know about her like she doesn't necessarily think she's done anything wrong she's shutting it out so effectively that like she's um you know very single-minded about who she is you know um but like the the cracks in that is like she hears the screaming in the park there's a moment where she's like hearing the air conditioner in the car the car like the camera zooms in and it's like she's kind of distracted or really annoyed by the sound of the air coming out uh or there's some, when she's in her apartment like the her apartment where she used to live and now she like writes music there she's obsessed with some different sounds around them um 
and this is not exactly related, but also I love the touch of the neighbor there that um, she, we see them at one point and like, it really just puts, it, it, it's a very uh, elderly woman and she's clearly in very bad health and she dies by the end of the film. But I think that puts her whole situation like into a grander scheme of like life and death. Like we get one life and like, here's what you're doing with your life. Kind of, kind of the way it made me feel. Um, yeah. So I love that. And also where that leads, where they come and ask her not to play the piano and then she misunderstands. It's like, okay, I'll make sure to play while they're there. And then she has that, yeah, that song she sings. Anyway, all that I think is really well done also. Yeah, I agree. No, that like the whole scene where like the people come back and she's like, they're like, we've been hearing some music, and she actually is like, oh well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. She's you like, know, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Just kind of like, a, I feel like that is another moment that just like perfectly captures mm-hmm. her mentality and how yeah. she's like, Completely. oh yeah. yeah, love that. Well, let's talk about the ending. I I had to wrestle with the ending a little bit, um, but I want to hear your thoughts about the ending uh, first. Uh, what did you think about? I mean. The final shot is like, it's my favorite final shot of the year. Easily. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, tell, tell me your thoughts about the last like 10 minutes or whatever. All right. So um, what I'll say before I get into kind of, you know, my, my big thoughts on it. So I had heard someone say like, you're never going to predict where, like how this movie ends. Hmm. I would say that's somewhat accurate. Like the last, like the very last moment really completely took me off guard. Yeah. At first, and it kind of let me just be kind of like, let me just kind of like, huh? And then I kind of had to piece it back together just because the, the shock of it just really just, you know, it's very jarring. Just, yeah. It's very jarring. And so I was just like, wait a minute. And then whenever I put together what is going on, um, so like once I realized where this movie was going, where like this is, you know, um, story of essentially someone being you know canceled for lack of better terminology Mm -hmm. basically what it is you know she has her fall from grace and you know we get that scene where she's at like the like almost like a publicist Mm -hmm. like -hmm. we're going to do a reset and now it's like okay so this is where we're going Mm. and like the way that it kind of builds up. I'm like, okay, so where are we going? Because like, we, we don't get any specific details beyond that. It's like, it's a reset. So, so yeah. we go to Southeast Asia and I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm still not entirely sure where we're going at this point. Mm-hmm. I see her practicing with the new um, orchestra. I'm like, okay, so she's just going to be just kind of starting with this orchestra down here. Okay, where are we going? And whenever it gets that last part, she's going up on stage. I'm like, Okay, so he's just kind of showing us how, you know, people who do horrible things, people who get, you know, canceled, mm-hmm. you know, that cancel culture is basically a myth. Like, they still will prosper yeah. in mm-hmm. certain ways. And that is, you know, I think what he's saying. But that little extra wrinkle he adds at the end <laughs> where it's revealed. <laughs> so good. Where it's revealed that she is score like that she's doing a live performance of the score for Monster Hunter the video game <laughs> and we cut to the audience of all these people dressed their as cosplay yeah as co- like the cosplay i think it's brilliant i think yeah. that that is just absolutely incredible and i think that 
there are so many different ways that you can take this last moment. And I mean, the way I choose to take it is it shows that again, like she's, you know, she's going to be fine. Mm. You know, whether we want her to or not, she's going to be okay. She's still going to work. I mean, she's a driven person. She is determined to, um, you know, try and get back to the spot mm-hmm. and get back mm-hmm. to where she was. And I feel like this moment to her is like, this means to an end, you know, mm-hmm. is this, you know, this is how I'm going to get back to the spot. Right? And, you know, it's like, even if I have to, you know, kind of, you know, lower myself to the level of all these other people, because you know, she mm-hmm. kind of sees herself as above it. You know? We kind of get into that this is where we kind of get into like the whole issue of like highbrow versus lowbrow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in her mind. And I just think that it's such a fascinating note to end on. I think just that extra wrinkle of it being a video game and yeah. for her to be like, be like, this is where she is now. And that's where we end. I just think that's so fascinating. Yeah. 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 I love the final shot so much. Like I, it was like, I laughed really hard, but it was like the slow realization kind of like dawning on me. And then like, Oh my God, it, I thought it was so hilarious. Not everyone in the theater laughed <laughs> at the end. Yeah. I like yeah, cracked like, up. Yeah. Cause like I was hearing some people being just kind of, they were just kind of like, Wait, what? I heard like a big gasp kind of. At, yeah. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know it was a real game actually. So it's called monster hunter. I, I'm yeah. not in the gaming world, but I'm actually, I'm starting to, play video games again anyway it doesn't matter but um but yeah for, for me i felt like that was just showing like this is in some ways the lowest of the low as far as like what job she could get but also then that initial meeting where she's meeting with the people who are giving her the job they're like just getting off the phone with okay yeah the, the composer can't do it okay you can get the job like she's still <laughs> like she was like second choice to the person even with that job she was second choice um, yeah. so like yeah i think it is it's just like the ultimate fall from grace and we don't fully understand that until the last seconds of the movie um but what i kind of wrestle with and, and i'm i'm again i'm kind of piecing it together as we're talking too because i think it is in a way a hopeful ending because well what i wrestle with was after i finished the movie i was like is this in a way I was thinking about her as like a Harvey Weinstein type of character. Like she's abused her power in the entertainment industry. And I was like, is this movie asking us to kind of sympathize with a Harvey Weinstein character? Cause that makes me feel uncomfortable. And I don't think that's what it is. I think it's much more like just a, a honestly a Greek tragedy, almost like of this heroic person, this genius, like she's so good at what she's doing um, and ruined by her hubris. Like she has like a fatal flaw and it just, completely tanks her uh and and we see the very low depths to which she sinks through that but what i love about the ending too is when we have the scene where she goes back to her home her like childhood home in like what new jersey or something i think and her brother's there and she we find out that she's changed her name what her actual name is not lydia it's like um lilith or something i can't remember but linda linda yeah that's right yeah she's linda tar but it's like t-a-r-r yeah like, that's right. okay I, I didn't pick that up yeah because yeah. like i think like the the last name thing i think you only pick up because like we go to her like childhood bedroom mm-hmm. and she's like watching like the tape of like leonard bernstein mm-hmm. and like we see like the awards on the wall and like one well, says like, okay i missed that yeah wow yeah it's kind of like yeah, a I... quick you know 
another one of those just little details where yeah again yeah. on the rewatch would be so rewarding but yeah i love the the whole touch of her going there and and watching that tape and like tears in her eyes because she really does love her craft that much and that's what's so cool about the thailand scene too i think it's thailand where she is where like we see her like at a noodle shop just working so hard like she still loves this and what i think is maybe slightly hopeful about the ending is that um yeah it's like her career while it is in the tank it's not over and like she still has the genuine love for it and she's taking it so seriously um but then i think the other thing that maybe makes it feel hopeful is that and I forgot about this scene until the second watch, but she asks for a place to get a massage and is taken to like a, it, it's not exactly made clear, but I mean, it seems like the women there are being abused. Like they're like, it's like a harem or something like that. And she steps out of the street and she vomits and she's like so upset by this. And that's such an interesting moment because I, I think you can read that as like, she for once in her life is reckoning with what she's done. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Um, and so maybe if the narcissism cloud of, you know, I'm still the greatest is, is, is punctured for her. Um, and she's able to see herself as she is like what you were saying earlier about like the way we see her and the way she sees herself. Um, then maybe she can rebuild and, you know, change. Maybe there's, maybe there's hope that she can change, I guess is, um, where that goes. But yeah, I just think it's such a rich film and so many, um, so many, I mean, I, there's so many different takes on it too, like other ways to kind of read it. And um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I had it at my number three of the year uh, and I didn't know until a few minutes ago, I was looking at your top 10, but tell us where you had it on your list. I had it all the way at number one. This is number my favorite one. movie of uh, 2022. Yeah, it's one that like the more I sit with it, the more I really think about it. It's just, there's so much to really dig into and so much that really, mm. you know, that really just clicks with me. And yeah. it's just incredible. Completely agree. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'll see what, what Saxon put at his top 10. And I was like, number one, I'm so glad <laughs> we're about to record a tar podcast because that's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, thank you so much. Do you have any any final thoughts on the film or, or any other uh, things to leave us with? Um, I mean, like, I have just a couple things. Um, sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of them, I just kind of want to say one more thing about the ending that, mm -hmm. again, it kind of ties into everything we've been talking about so far. One thing I love about, about the movie is that we don't necessarily get a, dis like, it's not completely decisive, like, what happens to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, so much is left open, um, as we've been talking about. Like, you know, you can read it as, hopefully, you can read it as, you know, this is like her ultimate punishment in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can read in different like ways. You can kind of read it as a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a really smart decision on Todd Field's part to not be like, okay, well, we're going to make sure she gets, you know, the worst, the worst. We're going to make mm -hmm. sure she is just, you know, you know, gets, you know, the absolute worst that she deserves or it doesn't completely redeem her either. So we yeah. don't really get either or. It's just kind of like, this is where she is right now. Where is she going to go next? We don't know. Maybe she will get back to the spotlight. Maybe she has, you know, you know, seen the horrible things that she's done. She's kind of come, you have realizing, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Who knows? I just think that that's a really wise choice on his part to kind of leave that open to possibility. Um, yeah. 
mm-hmm. because I think that, that that makes the ending so much more fascinating, makes it so much more powerful to me than it just being just kind of cut and dry. This is what happened. This is where she yeah. ended up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I really, um, really appreciate that. Um, I had something else, but I think I lost it. Um, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but um, I mean, the main thing I'll say is that this movie, um, it just absolutely blew me away because it is somehow both so intimate and mm. we get all these little details, yet this is such a massive movie in yeah. a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Have all these little things coming together to make something huge and something so bold, so rich. Yeah, wow, yeah. So, I, I adore this movie. I think it's fantastic. Completely agree. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and for talking about Tar. Uh, it's making me want to go watch it again right now. <laughs> I have two and a half hours free. I can go yeah. watch the movie again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, again, thanks so much. We'll have to have you back soon. Uh, this has been great. Thank you so much. And yes. I guess we can say bye-bye for now. Thanks so much, Saxon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. absolutely huge thanks to saxon what great insights into this film and the perfect guest as such a big fan of the movie stay tuned to the podcast feed we've got some exciting shows coming up in the next few weeks a quick production note i'm actually going back to doing a show every other week i've enjoyed doing it every week but it's also a lot of work and i think slowing my pace a little will allow for higher quality of episodes going forward. On that note, I'm very excited about some of the shows I've got coming up. I've got plans to talk about the latest film from Joanna Hogg, The Eternal Daughter. A filmmaker named Lynn Tran is joining me for that, and we'll also probably talk about some uh, other Joanna Hogg films like The Souvenir Part 1 and 2, which I'm going to watch for the first time in preparation for that. We're also finally going to finish our Terrence Malick series with a look at his film A Hidden Life and my wonderful recurring guest Bethany Worden. And I'm also cooking up an episode on Women Talking, which if you've listened to my top 10 show, you know is my number one film of 2022. Stay tuned for all of that. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Art House Garage. We've got a few years worth of episodes. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Art House Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Art House Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com slash shop. If you want to support us without spending any money, leave a rating or review in your podcast app, and that is hugely helpful. Stay in the loop about Arthouse Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter at arthousegarage.com slash subscribe, or you can email me directly, andrew, at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free. 